How's it going, everybody? My name is Davey. This is the Give Him Hell podcast. I know in my previous episode, if you would listen to it, I said we'd be going to California and talking about a band from there and going to Hollywood and doing all that fun stuff. But uh, as I started to do the initial research for the episode, I realized that I was getting very, very, very much in over my head. I wanted to talk about a band that has a history of uh, over 40 years. And I just don't know if I'm personally ready to take on that as early as this is. Like, I never ever want to do the albums that I talk about uh, injustice, but, and I hope I never do uh, in what I'm talking about now. But I mean, with something that just involves so much. I just wanted to wait a little bit, uh, but luckily I, you know, was going through my records earlier this week, uh, doing a little bit of reorganizing, and I came across an old classic, uh, an album that, you know, kind of gets lost a little bit in the shuffle just because, like, this, their, the band's discography is so solid, and, you know, sometimes it's considered, like, one of the shortest, one of the shortest albums by the band, and you know, kind of gets lost in the shuffle just because there's so many good albums by this band. So today we're going to take a back seat from what I was working on. I'm going to continue working on it and that will be released at a later date. But instead of hanging out in California, we're still going to hang out in the sunshine. We are going down to Gainesville, Florida. We are going to be talking about Against Me's 2003 album as the eternal cowboy it was released in 2003 on fat records this is the band's first album on fat it's their second full-length album to date just a little bit of background on against me if you're not necessarily super curious or not necessarily super familiar i understand against me has blown up like whether it be like public figure or anything like that like against me is much much more known than they are they are today than they used to be uh so just a you know just a little little bit um the band was formed in 1997 by Laura Jane Grace as a solo act. After a slew of EPs and cycling in and out of members, along with a few tours and mishaps, Grace found a solid lineup on the ramp up to the recording of the band's first full-length album, Reinventing Oxal Rose, which was released on No Idea Records. And if you don't know against me, that is fine. But today, you need to listen to reinventing Axl Rose on No Idea Records. I mean, I've always considered a band like Against Me to be like that starter kit punk. Like it's very accessible, it's very easy, especially some of the earlier stuff. Reinventing Axl Rose is a standard and practice. It is a great album. It like cover to cover, it just totally holds up. The first time I heard it, it was new, it was different. It was not even the first album by Against Me that I had heard, as The Eternal Cowboy was the first album that I heard by them. And I was still floored. Like, I already knew who this band was. I think I had already heard Searching for a Former Clarity, which is the band's third album, by the time I ever got around to reinventing Axl Rose. Like, it took me a pretty long time to, like, get on board. But I mean, man, once I was in, I was in, like, fucking Flint. In this band, back catalog so well. Their forward catalog is so good. But Reinventing Axl Rose is the perfect place to start. I mean, you can start from the band's first album and work your way through the band's entire legacy up until currently, listening to every album in succession and completely understand where the band was and what they were working through at the time. And it's it's great. I just really, really like it. Uh, but 
That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about As the Eternal Cowboy. As the Eternal Cowboy actually reached number 36 on the Billboard Top Independent Album Charts. And like, as somebody that like listens to this style of music pretty consistently, like I never ever expect to like do this research and like see like, oh shit, like that band that I like actually charted with Billboard. Like for me, that's really impressive. I, you listen to these bands and like you're just like you know this this was written for me this was absolutely written for me without like your favorite band selling out or anything like that it's just like nope this band wrote this album for me and then lo and behold it reaches number 36 on the billboard top independent charts like trust me i did not like cross reference what the other independent albums were in 2003 but as somebody that was into independent music in 2003 i completely know like what it was up against and that's great for them. Um, so, I mean, here we are talking talking about a band that reached number 36 on the Billboard charts. Uh, and I had a really, really good time with it. Um, sorry, I, uh, my sinus hasn't been acting up. It has just been not very stable uh, recently with the weather. So I'm trying to work through that while also still trying to do everything in a decent take and stuff like that. So... My nose, my nose is acting up. My voice might sound weird. I might be swallowing a little bit more than I usually do. Um, but let's move on to punk news. I mean, these guys, we get each other. I mean, so far with all the research I've done for every album that I've done, I mean, I've got like a few others like knocked out down the line and things like that. And I keep going back to punk news and these guys, we totally share the same ideas. Like I am just waiting for the day where I'm reviewing an album or like doing the research on the ramp up to an album. And like, we just don't see eye to eye, like just like, oh, bullshit. Nope. I don't believe it, which I will always read. Like I would, I would rather try and fight for my stance than agree any, any, any day, because I mean, like you can agree with anybody nine times out of 10 and be completely fine. But that one time out of 10, when you get that opportunity to fight for what you believe in and try to convince people otherwise, like that's always really, really fun for me. But Punk News gave it five stars and I agree. Like I totally fucking agree. This album is 11 songs in 25 minutes and eight seconds and you get everything with it. But uh, I'm going to paraphrase because if I read the whole thing, like it would just, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be worth it. So I picked a few highlights from the Punk News uh, review. Uh, it starts off with if eight, if six strings ever had a chance to liberate, this is it. With six cylinders of sweat drenched aggression against me delivers the most pivotal release since London Calling, and therein lies its importance. Uh, the review goes on continuing to say they aren't preaching from a high plateau, rather they are in the trenches with us putting, p- plotting the revolution, excuse me. And it, it finishes with, against me rise above labeling folk, punk, rock, they all fit. Quintessentially, their music, pure emotion with a beat. And you hear that the minute you turn this record on. I mean, you drop that needle or you push play and it just goes. Like, it just fucking goes and doesn't stop. You get 25 minutes and 8 seconds. Like, if you have 30 minutes in your day to burn and you want, like, just anything to pick you up i mean this album is it's it's high octane but it's also it also serves its purpose for its time it's really good it's really really well thought out and the way that it works like it just it 
just doesn't stop once it starts. And I mean, there are songs on this album that the band still plays to this day that fans absolutely expect to hear them play. I think I was at Riot Fest a few few years ago, and uh, it was the first time I had seen the band since uh, Laura Jane Grace had been in what uh, I think it might have been Vanity Fair or something like that. Um, and it was the first show with a new lineup, and they didn't play Sink for to Sink. But that didn't stop this entire baseball field. Uh, don't get me wrong. If you've ever been to Riot Fest, you know what I'm talking about. It's a Little League baseball field. But there was an entire ball diamond worth of people singing Sink Floor to Sink after the band set. Sink Floor to Sink is on as the Eternal Cowboy. Uh, and like this this album was released in 2003. I, I didn't find out about this album until 2006. I was working at a skate park at the time. And my twin brother had recently gone to the local Hot Topic in Plainfield, Indiana. Uh, and picked this album up for $2. It's not that it wasn't selling well. It just wasn't selling to this crowd. And yes, Hot Topic used to sell records. It used to be the place that I went. I did not know about local independent record stores or anything like that. It took me a little while. Once I moved downtown, you look at my record collection. I have very few records that I have bought offline. Most of it is from local independent record stores. But... My twin brother showed up with this record to the fucking skate, eh, excuse me, skate park that I worked at. And he was like, hey, I bought this album for two bucks and we threw it on the CD player. And I was just floored. Like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I had always known this name. Like, it was just one of, like, when you get into what I like to consider starter kit punk, there are these names that you see over and over and over and over again, and you hear again and again, whether you like see it on t-shirts or like talk to people and like, they just drop the name. Like you just don't think about it. You're just like, okay, cool. Well, like they like that. So I should probably check that out at some point, but like, or like you talk to other people, whether they be older than you or something like that. And like, you're just like, no, 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 no. We just push that on you. Um, against me was never one of those bands. Like I always knew that they were around. I think the first time that they like came into my space and my radar was very well after like uh, my first warp tour, but I was watching like Room Raiders on MTV and they just so happened to be in Gainesville, Florida. And one of the contestants was wearing an against me shirt. And I was like, I know that man's name. And it just like, I sat there, looked at it, processed it and never thought about it again until like 2006 when my brother shows up with this record and it's just so fucking good. And I mean, the way that the record was recorded, like it was produced by Rob McGregor, who also recorded Reinventing Axl Rose in two previous EPs. And the album was recorded at Arden Studios in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, where that way they could make an all analog recording with very few overdubs. Uh, everything except Cavalier Eternal was done at Arden because Fat Mike from Fat Wreck just really, really liked the demo that they did in Gainesville prior recording. But if you ever want to hear that original recording, don't worry, because they released as the original Cowboy, not a couple years later, but a couple years ago. I think I think we're knocking down like 2018 or something like that. 2018, 2019, something like that happened. But as, as the original Cowboy eventually hit the shelves, but it took quite a while. So if you ever want to hear the original recording of... Cavalier Eternal as it was meant to sound when they took it to Ardent in Memphis, you can always find that out. Um, 
but Laura Jane Grace described the record in 2003 as a concept album that explores love and war, explaining the ambiguity with, uh, with the, oh, excuse me. Nope, can't read my own handwriting. But uh, to the album, <laughs> sorry, the ambiguity uh, to the album titles and reference its songs, like, uh, eh, title reference to its songs. As the Eternal Cowboy can be symbolic of the power, uh, can be symbolic of the power structure or of someone forever wandering, lost and alone. And I think that that's a really, really great way to go about it. And I'm sorry, I spent way too long trying to read my own shitty handwriting. I should probably start typing this shit up. But, man, if I could figure out that word, that'd be awesome. I was rehearsing, and I thought that I had it, but I didn't. That's okay, though. Um, and, I mean, just reading, reading the way that Laura Jane Grace had to explain this album, I love it. Like, it's... It's very up in the air. It's very open to very open to interpretation. And when you really, really dig into it, like it's completely perfect for Fat Wreck. And if you don't know anything about Fat Wreck, like that's good good for you. I envy you if you listen to this and you decide to listen to anything on Fat Records. Uh, it, Fat Records was started in 1999. It is owned by Fat Mike of No Effects. Uh, and has released bands that I listen to to this day and love to this day. I mean, if you look at, like, my record collection or, like, if anybody saw my Spotify year-end review, which was dope, most of these bands are on there uh, in some capacity. I mean, they've done Mad Caddies, The Descendants, The Loved Ones, Rise Against, Early Stuff, Anti-Flag, Strung Out, and No Use for a Name, which is just such a big one. Like, I love No Use for a Name. And if you never, if you like Rise Against and you didn't know what their early stuff sounded like, but if you have ever heard a Fat Rack band, kind of put it up against that. Like, that's what they sounded like. And it works really, really well for the record label. What Rise Against is now is such a far cry from what it used to be. I mean, like, they haven't always been like this, like, buck cherry sounding band that proves a point. Fuck, I mean, I saw. Last time I saw Rise Against, Bad Religion was opening for them, and I was already butthurt about it, but it was at a, in, in Peoria, Illinois, and the show was at half court in a basketball stadium, and Four Years Strong was opening, and like we had seats and stuff like that, so I wasn't like really worried about seeing Four Years Strong, I was mostly worried about seeing Bad Religion. Uh, didn't know that where we were going was a dry campus, get to the stadium, and I'm just like, hey man, like here's our tickets, and you know, the night before we'd seen Face to Face and Strung Out, and I mean, we were just on a weekend reveler through the Midwest, and I was just like, hey, here's our tickets, and he's just like, cool, I was just like, dope, where's the bar? He's like, there is no bar, it's a dry campus, I go, what the fuck? That's fine. I can I can absolutely handle going to a show and just taking it all in and enjoying where I'm at and the time that I'm spending seeing these bands that I like. And Bad Religion was awesome. Uh, guitar player from the Circle Jerks was still involved with the band, so it was fun to see him before Brian Baker from Minor Threat took over. But once Rise Against went on, they were touring an album that I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of and still to this day I'm not a huge fan of. And like that was kind of like my mark. I was like... I'm done. Like, I never have to see this band again, and I'll be okay. But, 
that said, I have had much, much better experiences. And I mean, some, some not so great experiences seeing against me. Like the first time I actually saw against me live was in 2008 at Warped Tour. And it was just kind of by happenstance. Like I knew that they were playing. I had heard, like, obviously by this point, I had heard, been listening to against me for about two years. Uh, I already had searching for a form of clarity and like they were doing their live album at the time, like touring the live album at the time. So, I mean, they were doing throwbacks for days. Um, but I just so happened to be dating a girl that was really dehydrated and needed to sit down. And she sat down in front of the right stage at the right time and against me came out playing Americans Abroad. And it took everything inside of me not to leave her ass high and dry just to go enjoy myself. I got to see them. I did not necessarily get to enjoy it. The first time I actually got to enjoy singing against me was at an all-ages club in Bloomington, Indiana called Rhinos in 2011 when they were touring uh, White Crosses. I did not know what to expect. I had only ever seen this band in a Warped Tour setting. So, like, I knew, like, there were a lot of people that were into them. But, you know, you, you go to a Warped Tour, like, you get so many, like, hangarounds and stuff like that. Like, it can sometimes make a smaller band look like a giant band. And I really only knew, like, the three albums uh, that I knew. Like, I knew as the Eternal Cowboy, I knew Searching for Form of Clarity, and I had very, very, very briefly dug in on reinventing Axl Rose and White Crosses. They were still touring, so we were all still learning it. But, oh my fucking God, this band starts playing, and everybody loses their fucking minds. And it is like that for an hour and a half. Like, it just goes and goes and goes and goes and doesn't stop. And that is exactly what as the Eternal Cowboy is. I mean, it was like seeing this album played live without any of the songs ever being played. And I loved it. Like, I knew as soon as they started playing Baby, I'm an Anarchist, which I think that was their last song. And I mean, if anybody that's listening to this knows Rhinos in Bloomington, like, there is no security. Like, it is stage people. And Laura Jane Grace was just bombarded but with people and not even phased by it. Like, it, it, whatever whatever was going on, she was completely fine with it. the band knew, like, this is an all ages venue. This is what's going to happen. And it fucking happened. And Against Me had a, quite, a, quite a big tendency to play in Bloomington for a long time because No Idea Records had a hub in Bloomington, which I think really lends itself to Bloomington, Indiana, having such a rich punk history. And like, just because of its attachment and things like that. And I mean, like the bands that have come out of Bloomington, if you listen to bands like Ringer and Who Needs You, like just those two bands specifically. And it's not just because I love those two fucking bands specifically specifically but their local bands and oh my god it just it screams that no idea sound but while they were there against me would stop by all the time and i never even had an idea like i just it if if they weren't a band that i knew about on myspace or something like that then it just i just wasn't going to know because it's not like the people that I ran around with were into Against Me or Alkaline Trio or Dropkick Murphys or any of that starter kit punk. They like Boys Night Out and Hawthorne Heights and shit like that. And I mean, those are perfectly fine bands. I mean, I'm standing here as somebody that's getting ready to buy tickets to go see Bayside since his fail in Hawthorne Heights uh, in this spring in Cincinnati. But that's okay. I'm not complaining. I think one of the best shows I've ever seen uh, against me play was on my 24th birthday at the Vogue. Uh, it was a bigger venue 
one of the best sounding venues in the city and they started playing and bodies just went and I was standing on just like a little step above like I had a table and stuff like that I didn't plan on doing anything stupid but they were touring uh, transgender dysphoria blues and just the whole show just bodies going and going and going and going and it was just so much fun to watch, even if I wasn't like in that aspect of the show. But what what was fun for me after that show, uh, and we'll get into this <clears throat> very shortly, uh, it was the first time I had seen Adam Willard playing drums and my girlfriend at the time and my twin brother know just how much I really, really love him. Uh, so the show got over and they both came up to me with a two broken sticks uh, from Adam Willard. And they were just like, this means a lot more to you than it does to us. And I was just, I <laughs> just, I still smile thinking about it. Like that just, that tickles me to death. Um, one of the worst times I've ever seen against me was uh, in 2017. The show was great. It was just, it was awesome. Like it had been a few years since I had seen him. Uh, maybe, maybe even just a year or two. I mean, I am skipping between stuff. I've seen Against Me quite a few times. Like there's a few bands that I've seen multiple, multiple, multiple times. And Against Me is one of them. And I'm kind of skipping around a little bit. Uh, but in 2017, I saw Against Me at Bogarts in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I was pretty well front row with my girlfriend, and her, one of her best friends and her husband who were celebrating their anniversary and just so happened to invite us like, you know, hang out, hang out there at Airbnb before and stuff like that. And, you know, just, you know, go get dinner and then go to the show. And, you know, we knock back to Indianapolis and they stay at their Airbnb. Um, I was getting a phone call like right as against me went on and being the asshole that I am answered my phone but like held it up to the show just as a kind of like, Hey, you know, here's where I am. Like, I'll call you when I'm done and enjoy the rest of the show. It was great. Like the set was awesome and I had a really, really fun time. But when the show got over, I called that person back and I got news that one of my best friends had died and been hit on his bicycle, uh, riding home that night and I was in a city that I did not live in. I was luckily with people that I knew and cared about, but it, this was after the show where everybody's like catching this like vibe of euphoria and stuff like that. And, you know, just like, man, how good was that show? And I go over to a storefront and just break the fuck down. I, I just couldn't handle it. I really, really couldn't handle it. And I think that's why Against Me still means a lot to me because they were there for me. And like even that couple, like they, I'm still pretty decently close with them uh, when I see them uh, and stuff like that. But, you know, they let me go back and uh, I, I just, I drank all their fucking wine uh, on their anniversary. And I didn't go to work for a couple days. Um, but, I was seeing one of my favorite bands uh, when one of my best friends passed away. And I don't take that lightly at all. And I feel like that's kind of what led me to this, uh, doing this album. Uh, TSR is a great fucking album. Um, Against Me is a great fucking band. And if you know anything about this band, I'm sorry. Thank you for hanging in there. Like, 
thank you for letting me tell my story. And I, I really appreciate that if you made it this far. Um, but if you know anything about this band and you know anything about the history of this band, you'll, you'll notice that, uh, I don't use dead names. Like it's not something I'm going to do. I'm not going to do that to somebody who I have been following since I was a kid. Like, it's just not, we, and by we, I mean Finn and I will not do that to people. We respect people. And we will continue to respect people. And one of the things that was really, really uplifting when I was doing the research was every single outlet that has like is still on a running platform, they updated everything. Everything is where it needs to be. And I just thought that that was great. Like that was that was one of the most positive things that I like when I decided like, oh, we're gonna do it as the eternal cowboy, but god damn it, we're gonna we're gonna run into some problems. We didn't run into one. We did not run into one. And I mean, like, even even some of the older sites, like, completely updated everything. It was just like, you know what? We might not be around anymore, but we have to go in and dig, a, dig in on this. Like, we have to take care of this. And I thought that that was great. Like, that was so awesome. But at the end of the day, I know that this is a short episode. And again, like I was saying earlier, like, no, hang on. I have one more thing to talk about. Just like I said, sorry about that. Uh, one of the things that I really, really like about Against Me, and if you've been a fan for a really long time, you'll notice, like, especially today, uh, the consistency of the lineup is fucking incredible. Like, I mean, currently, we're still standing with Lord Jane Grace, James Bowman, Andrew Seward. Like, those are three people that you have seen for years and years and years and years and years. Like, which is a couple drummers cycling. And I mean, there was some piece of shit named Jay Weinberg from 2010 to 2012 who quit the band via Twitter. And if you ever get the chance, get on Laura Jane Grace's Twitter and look up what they had to say about Andrew, or fucking Jay Weinberg. He quit the band via Twitter to go join Slipknot, and he was previously in Hot Water Music. If you listen to White Crosses, he does have his fingers all over it, and it's a good album, drum-wise. But he does not hold a candle to who would replace him, which is Adam Willard, and Adam Willard is my favorite fucking drummer. He's from Rocket from the Crypt. He's from The Offspring. He was in Social Distortion for a minute, but now he's in against me, and this motherfucker plays drums perfectly his stage presence he's tight it's just fun and i mean the whole band like this this current lineup like you know these people that you already know like these faces that you already know with adam willard behind the whole fucking thing it is incredible like what a fucking time to be an against me fan and They've been touring. They've been doing nightly albums. I know that they're doing as the Eternal Cowboy is one. If you get the opportunity, you should really fucking take it because chances are you're going to see another fucking album that you probably didn't hear before. Or if you did and didn't like it, you should see it live. You have to see it gets me live. If you ever get the opportunity to see them play as the Eternal Cowboy live, don't fucking piss that chance away. Take it even if you have to pay like 50 fucking dollars for it. Any chance you get to see against me is completely fucking worth it. Thank you so much. I know this wasn't the easiest episode to listen to. We did it in a take. I'm sorry I stared at words that I couldn't read, and I'm sorry I got emotional for a second. 
Like I said, I already have things come down the pike for my next episode, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. I don't know if this album or if this episode is actually going to be longer than the album in and of itself, but Against Me is a band totally worth checking out, and they have got they have an entirely new audience now. Like, and like I mean, it's like guys like me, and then like the last time I saw them, there was some like 15 year old kid in front of me who was just living for it because of what this band is now. And I mean, like they have brought in an entire new generation while still staying fresh. And like I said, if you listen to this band from their first album to their latest album, like you, you can, you get it. You just get it. You, you understand it. Uh, I think next week, uh, we're gonna stay off the coast and we're gonna hang out in the Midwest and we're gonna talk about, oh man, I think we're gonna talk about some basement music. You wanna talk about some basement music? You wanna hear, uh, hear some fucking pop punk in a basement? Let's do that. I'm really, really into that idea. Anyway, my name's Davey. Give him hell. Thank you again. As always, if you listen to this episode, if you haven't heard the album and you listen to As the Eternal Cowboy, please, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. Like I always say, I'm available and ready to talk to anybody at any time. Thank you so much. Give him hell.